Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I wanna thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and reminds you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. His Word is spirit and life. It doesn't matter if we see it all the time. I don't understand everything, but he does. I'm responsible for me. I want you to point to yourself and say, I'm responsible for me. You can't see somebody else's heart. I can't even see my own. But he does. And he said to me and to you in Proverbs 4, 23, Watch over your heart, not your husband's, not your children, not your pastor. That's called judging. Watch over your heart with all diligence, because out of your heart flow the springs of life. And so that's who I'm responsible for. I'm responsible to sit in the presence of the Lord and say, search me, O God. Try me and see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. I'm responsible to say, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. I'm not responsible to find fault with other people. In fact, Jesus said, why do you look at the law, excuse me, in your brother's eye and not behold the log in your own? So, no, we don't understand everything, but God says lean not on your own understanding because if you are trying to understand everything, you are not trusting in the Lord with all your heart. And I am determined to do that. And I am determined that I will not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because guess what fruit is on that tree? Sickness, disease, depression, all the things the Lord never wanted us to know except that we were totally separate from it like he is. The tree of life is Jesus. He is the wisdom of God. If you read Proverbs, when wisdom speak, it's personified Jesus. Wisdom is the person of Jesus. So fix your eyes on him. Cast doubt out. Doubt is on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Why why do you want to eat that fruit? It's bitter. It's not good. And it'll rob the image of God from you. And I want to tell you something yesterday that uh, the Lord really ministered to me. I'm not going to go through the process, but it was very powerful. And so I want you to listen to me if you don't hear anything else I say today. Because I'm really just going to read the Bible to you today. But if you don't hear anything else I say, hear this. The Lord spoke to me and he said, many people do not receive their healing because they don't think they are worthy to be healed. I'm going to say it again. Many people do not receive their healing. And I'm talking, I'm not just talking your body. I'm talking your mental state, your emotional state, the state of your mind. Because you don't think you're worthy. And if you read 2 Corinthians 3, 6 in the Amplified Classic, it said he has made you worthy to be a minister of the new covenant. Not of the letter that kills, but of the spirit that gives life. And I'm telling you, if you will just say, Lord, I'm just, uh, forgive me. You made me worthy. You know what the word worthy means? It means worth it. I'm worth it. You know why? 
because my Savior and Lord gave his blood. He shed his blood. Remember when he was resurrected and he came to his disciples and he didn't say flesh and blood. He said, touch me. He said flesh and bones. Why? Because he shed all of his blood and it's now on the mercy seat of heaven on the Ark of the Covenant. And it's speaking mercy on behalf of all of us. So he said flesh and bones because his blood had already paid for our complete redemption from the dominion of sin, from the curses of disease and sickness, poverty, lack, and shortage. His blood is speaking. And so he said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom the Lord has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. And when Zechariah prophesied the coming of Jesus, when he woke up and agreed that his son's name was John instead of Zacharias, I mean, he had an ego problem. So the Lord had to shut his mouth and he was mute for the whole pregnancy. Because see, our words contain such power that he could not, the Lord could not let him negate the promise that a, a postmenopausal, barren woman would conceive a child and give birth to the one who prophesied the coming of the Lord and, and went before him and said, every mountain be made low and every crooked place be made straight and every rough road smooth. And so, I'm trying to figure out if the Lord wants me to say something, but until I'm sure, I'm not going to say it. And so we're talking about making God's word your final authority. And today we're going to talk about the power of returning God's word. And I'm really, I'm going to read scripture to you. But I just want you to know you're worthy. You're worth it because he is worthy. Because he shed his life, his blood for you and for me to redeem us from the hand of the enemy. We were worth it to him. And that makes us worthy. And if you hate yourself and you think, I'm not worthy. And I told you the true story, true, true, true story. I read the testimony of a pastor. He was, at, he was dying of cancer, actually. And he and his pastor came into the church. They were alone. They were at the altar praying for his healing. And Jesus literally appeared right there physically. I mean, you could see him. And he said, he reached out to him and he said, I've come to heal you. And that man did this, and he said, I'm not worthy. And Jesus disappeared, and he died. True story. I'm telling you, a lot of people die before their time. Because they're in their unworthiness. And I'm going to tell you what that is. You're not going to like it. It's a form of pride. Because what you're saying is your sacrifice wasn't enough. I ministered to someone once who couldn't forgive themselves for something they had done, and I just happened to know about it. And I just looked at that person, and I said, I just have four words to say to you. Is the blood enough? And they were just shocked, stared at me. I said, I'm going to ask you one more time. Is the blood enough? And they finally said yes. 
So I just wanted to share that with you. That was something very, to me, very powerful. The Lord ministered to me. And we see that the word is Jesus, John 1, 1 through 4. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning. Verse 14 says the word, the word, Jesus, was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He is the word, and the word is him. We see in Revelation 19 that the title by which he is called is the word of God. I'm just reviewing in John 17, 17, he said to the Father, sanctify them in the truth. My word is truth. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So truth is Jesus. Jesus is truth. He is the word. He is the word made flesh. And so the, the Bible is not about somebody. The Bible is somebody. And the word he speaks are spirit and life. So today we're going to talk about returning God's word to him. And I'm sure you know Isaiah 55. We're going to read it in quite a few translations. I told you, I'm just going to feed you the word today. I'll intersperse it with a few testimonies, but his word is life. And so, you know, if I just share the word with you, I'm sharing life with you. If I share the word with you, I'm sharing Jesus with you. And I remember it was one of our staff meetings and Cindy read from, um, it was the passion. And I don't remember the reference. It was one of the epistles. Cindy, maybe you know, and that is, she stood up and said, Christ is our message. That's the message of this church. Do you, do you remember where that is? But it's in the Passion somewhere. And unfortunately, certain Bible sites removed the Passion from the site. But it is in the, in the epistles. I know that for a fact. Christ is our message. And he is. Isaiah 55 2 through 13, I'm going to not read the whole thing, but most of it. God is asking us a question. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? Well, what is the bread? Jesus said, I am the bread of life. So the word is bread. Remember the first temptation. Remember what it was? If you're the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. And what did Jesus say? It is written, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So the word is our bread. What is the Lord's prayer? By the way, you're not going to like this, but the Lord's prayer is actually an old covenant prayer because Jesus fulfilled the Lord's prayer. How do I know that? Well, what is, how does it go? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And what comes next? Say with me. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, Jesus said, I've come to do your will. How many times did he say, the kingdom of God is in your midst? You see, he brought the kingdom. He was announcing, I'm the kingdom. And I'm bringing it to you. So it's actually old covenant. I mean, it's still powerful. But he fulfilled everything in the Lord's prayer. Read it. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 1 John 5, or excuse me, yeah, 1 John 5, 18. He who is begotten of God, Jesus, keeps us, and the wicked one touches us not. Post-ascension. He fulfilled that to deliver us from evil. Now, we're not delivered from temptation. But the only way we're supposed to know evil is that we're totally separate from it. I don't do evil. 
Now, if you, if you miss the mark, then you confess your sin. That's what sin is, missing the mark. The blood of Jesus cleanses you of all unrighteousness. But I'm telling you something. You better beware of transgression. You know what that is, right? Transgression is what your kids do. You say, don't do that, and they do it anyway. I know the right thing to do, but I don't do it. That's transgression. Sin is, I didn't mean to do it, Lord. I, yeah, I slipped. But transgression is, I knew what was wrong. I did it anyway. One of my relatives who came to the Lord late in life, she would always say, well, I'm just going to do it and then ask God to forgive me. Oh, she said it all the time. I'll just do it and then ask God to forgive me. Well, it just doesn't work that way, people. Isaiah 55, why do you spend money for that which is not bread, which is the word, and your earnings for what does not satisfy? Hearken diligently to me and eat what is good. What does Psalm 34 say? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How do you do that? You put the word in your mouth. Let it go into your heart and speak it out in faith. And let your soul delight itself in the fatness of spiritual joy. Incline your ear. Submit and consent to the divine will and come to me. Whose job is that? Is he going to do that for you? No. It's something we choose to do. Here and your soul will revive and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Even the sure mercy I promised to David. Verse 6. Seek. Now I want you to hear these action verbs. These are what we must do. Seek, inquire for, require the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he will have love, pity, and mercy for him. And to our God, he will multiply to him abundant pardon. When? When you take action. You seek the Lord. You inquire of the Lord. You require the Lord. You forsake your former ways, unrighteous ways, and, and wrong thinking. What is wrong thinking? Anything opposed to the word of God. Anything that answers has God said with anything but the truth. Those are unrighteous thoughts. When you don't take your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ, who is Christ? The word well, I don't understand. I don't understand. All right, what does Philippians 4, 6 say? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So what happens? You get a worry thought. You know what worry is, don't you? It's negative faith. That's what worry is. Negative faith. It's faith in the wrong thing. And so, okay, you get a worry thought. We all get worry thoughts. All of us. I don't care who you are. But that doesn't mean you have to fellowship with it. So it says, be anxious for nothing. All right? But Lord, I have, a, I have an anxious thought. I mean, I'm, I'm watching an inconsolable 91-year-old mother right now. It's very easy to get into anxious thoughts. What can I do? How can I help her? What can I say? But oh, no, no, no. But it is written. Be anxious for nothing. So Lord, 
1 Peter 5 says to cast every worry, anxiety, and concern upon you. But in everything by prayer. So, Lord, I am giving you this thought. I don't know what to do, but you do. That's, this is my request, Lord, that you will supernaturally guide us in your wisdom and understanding and make provision. Your name is the comforter. Your name is the counselor. Your name is the helper. Your name is the teacher. So, Lord, you said your peace would rule my heart. So I'm giving it to you. And then 10 minutes later, here it comes. Oh, no, Lord, I cast this burden upon you because you care for me. I resist you, devil, at your onset. In the name of Jesus, that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Or fear attacks you. Anybody ever not been attacked by fear? Because I want to worship at your footstool. Fear attacks you. What do you do? It is written. You have not given me a spirit of fear. Power, love, and a sound mind. You know, when Cindy announced that this coming up, Chosen would be chosen power. I did what I normally do when she announces the theme because they're all very prophetic. And I go, oh, no. <laughs> because I know that as a, especially as a privileged teacher of the word, that's going to be tested. See, the devil wants your power. So fear, I resist you. I submit to power to love which casts you out. Perfect love cast out fear, 1 John 4, 18. And to a sound mind. I'm not going crazy, I'm going higher. That's what you do. But it takes intentionality. All right. Boy, I'm really getting off track. We, we just might have to finish this next week. All right. So let the wicked forsake his way, the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord. That's our part. He will, not might, not could, he will have love, pity, and mercy for you. And here's, oh, this is so good. He will multiply to you his abundant pardon. For all the wicked, worried, fearful thoughts you've ever had, he's going to multiply a pardon to you. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. But see, 2 Corinthians 1.16 says we have the mind of Christ. So the, no, the way of man is not his thoughts. The way of the news is not his thoughts. The way of political realm, not his thoughts. The way of media, not his thoughts. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. For as the heavens, but I, this is what his thoughts are, are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and snow come down from the heavens and return not there again, I want to ask you a question. Listen carefully to me. Have you ever seen rain or snow come upon your yard, and then all of a sudden it goes, goes back up? How many of you lost trees last week? Lots of trees. Did that ice that broke them, did it just go back up? No. Once it's come down, it doesn't go back up again. But what does it do? It goes into the earth. 
So watch. And it does not return again, but it waters the earth and it makes it bring forth and sprout that it may give seed to the sower, bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. So what happens? God's word, his word comes down from heaven. It's called the Bible. It's come out of his mouth. Remember, we've read out of his mouth in Revelation 1 comes a sharp two-edged sword with which he shall smite the nations. It shall not return to me void without producing any effect and useless, but it shall accomplish what I please and purpose, and it will prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So my job is to sow the word in my heart and return it to heaven. This is not name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, people. There's no faith behind that. And I've seen it over and over and over again. People, well, you know, I mean, they're quoting the word, but it's not backed by faith. I can see it. How do I know that? It doesn't produce fruit. But I'm going to read you something at the end that's really going to help you. So here's what happens. Because he says his word will accomplish what he pleases and it will fulfill the purpose for which he sent it. For instance, let's look at Psalm 107.20, when you receive it by faith. He sent his word. We did this last week on healing. He sent his word, Jesus, and healed you. Now, that can just be something you pluck out of your promise box, or it can be this, mental assent. But I've told you many, many times, the journey from here to here is the longest journey on earth. It's the longest journey on earth. And it takes diligence and sowing and trusting and believing and determination and purpose and sitting before the Lord, spending time in his presence, eating the word, eating the word, meditating the word, murmuring the word, reciting the word, speaking it out, writing it down, speaking it out, getting it, the word engrafted, the apostle James says, is able to save your soul. And, and if you are not purposeful about it and you don't make a decisive dedication of your body, a living sacrifice, it's not going to work. This is not a magic bullet. It's not a quick fix. This is not texting and the internet and all the things we just in a second... You can find out anything. I mean, we were, I forgot what it was. We were watching something. And I said, what does that mean? And Randy goes, I don't know. And so you know what you do? Alexa. <laughs> and then she'll tell you. Everything's just right there at your fingertips now. But it doesn't work that way with the word of God. You got to sow it into your heart. Your heart is the soil it's talking about. In the book of Hebrews, it says that the word they heard did not profit them because it was not united in faith by those who heard it. And faith is the only thing that pleases God. I thought personally, because where I am right now, especially that Casey Treat's message on uh, Sunday for me was what I needed for right now. And I, to me, it was very simple. I just took notes in my phone. I'm going over it every day. Because it was simple faith. And in fact, I want to read you. I wasn't going to, but now I'm going to. 
um, you need to give me a minute because he quoted what Dr. Cho, Youngie Cho, how many of you remember him? He's with the Lord now. But he pastored the largest church in the world. I don't know if it's still the largest church in the world, but it, it was Prayer Mountain in Korea. Last I heard, it had like 700,000 or something like that members. <clears throat> he quoted Dr. Cho, and, and you're just going to have to be patient, fruit of the Spirit. He said, what do I believe and are my beliefs working for me? Is what I believe bringing health, prosperity, welfare, peace? It's for people around us to be an overcomer and not a survivor. How do you define faith? Dr. Cho would say, faith is simply a choice to believe or not believe. It is a choice to trust or not trust. It is a choice to lean on Jesus or not lean on Jesus. The only thing we can give God is our faith. When I worship, does he hear faith? Because what I believe is defining me. Simple. So you can still go back and get that on live stream. And if you don't know how to do that, ask your grandchild. It's true. All right. So his word will not return. It goes out of his mouth into our heart if you are diligent comes out of your mouth, it returns to him, and it will be successful in the matter for which he sent it. This is not works. This is faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ, period. And I've never, I, I want to tell you something I did, and I would encourage you to do it. I just took a page in my journal and I began to write from 49 years ago promises that God gave me that have been fulfilled. I just listed them. Every time they came to me, I listed, I listed, I listed. And you know, you ought to do that. You ought to go back and recount the faithfulness of God. And it was all by returning the word to him. I'm talking everything from the number of children that he promised me because you see, there is just the logos, the spoken word, and there's the rhema, which is when God, we talked about the breath of God earlier, breathes on a scripture and it is life to you. And I could share with you testimony after testimony after testimony if we had time, where the Lord breathed his life. I'll share one with you. This was, I was a brand new believer. And... Um, we were invited to go on a cruise. And I know a lot of you like cruises. I, we did go. We were gone seven days. I can't stand them. I never want to do it again. And, and you know why? Because I don't like being locked up on a boat. In fact, by the second day of the cruise, I, I asked for them to land a plane on the ship. I did. I'm not kidding. But we had a good time. I mean, we did. And it's beautiful to be out in the middle of the ocean if you've never been. It's it's gorgeous out there and you know but you're in this tiny little room and we didn't have much money back then to you know get the nice big window where you can see the whole thing you're just in this tiny little room with the hole about that big <laughs> and a storm hit the first night and you know the boat is and I was <laughs> so but it was a memory 
Then we went to St. John, which is a little thing off St. Thomas. And if you've never been to the, the Caribbean, Caribbean, however you say it, <clears throat> you've never done that. I mean, it's absolutely stunning. It really is. The waters are turquoise, and you can see all the fish. And, you know, we went snorkeling. I, I lasted five minutes because... They said there were urchins and make sure you didn't step on one because it would sting you like mad. And so I did five minutes and that was my career. You can tell I'm a very adventurous. At any rate, why did I tell you that? I have no idea. How did I get a, oh, the promise. I remember. All right. And so, but I really prayed about whether or not we were to go. I didn't know. Well, in that small period of time, I get this word, a rhema word. And, and honestly, the Holy Spirit was talking to the Apostle Paul. He was asking the Lord if he should go someplace. And the Spirit of God said to him, arise and get down and go with them, doubting nothing. Now, I know that was to the Apostle Paul, that he was to arise and go down and not doubt the assignment. But that, you know, the saying, it leapt off the page I mean, it, it, the Holy Spirit breathed, because remember, if you were here in the beginning, we talked about the breath of God. He breathed on that word, and I knew we were to go. Now, let me tell you what happened. During that time, Randy lost his job because the company he was working for got bought out, and he got a severance package that paid not just for the entire cruise, but everything else in between. And before we ever left, he had another better job as comptroller for a, if I told you the name, a major, major company, national, international company. See, I had a word from God, and I knew I did. Arise and get down and go with them, because we want somebody else, doubting nothing. So I want to tell you something. If you will be faithful with the word of God, the word will talk to you. The word will guide you. The word will tell you what to do. And I'm not talking picking, picking, picking. I'm talking what is God breathing on? And, and I could stand here all day and tell you story after story after story, just like that, where the Lord spoke to me through the word. Is it ever challenged? <laughs> you bet it is. But look, look at what happens when you return the word and it accomplishes what he pleases. You will go out with joy and be led forth by the Lord himself and his word with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. And here's the powerful part. Instead of the thorn shall come the cypress tree. Instead of the briar shall come the myrtle tree. And it will be to the Lord a name of renown which shall not be cut off. Now what on earth could that possibly mean? Well, I'm going to tell you, because you asked. Genesis 3. After the fall of man, from high treason, and to Adam, God said, because you've listened and given heed to the voice of your wife, women, our main job is to feed our husbands from the tree of life. She fed her husband from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because you listened to the voice of your wife. That makes me shudder. 
and have eaten of the tree which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. The ground is under a curse because of you. In sorrow and toil shall you eat the fruit of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. What are thorns and thistles? The curse of the fall. What happens when you are faithful by faith to return God's word to him? I just read it to you. Instead of the thorn, she'll come up the cypress tree, the blessing. And instead of the briar or thistle, same thing, she'll come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name of renown, for an everlasting sign, which shall not be cut off. When? When you return God's word in faith and returns to him and he sends it back and it will accomplish what he desires. You know what? I'm not going to go on. I'm going to go ahead and stop because I want you to digest this and we will continue next week. Um, I just feel like I'm supposed to do that, but I want to close with one more testimony. You know, I have three daughters and three wonderful daughters. And how many of you have daughters? Okay. How many of you only have sons? Okay. Let me just tell you something. I have eight grandsons. They're so much easier <laughs> than girls. I never knew until I had grandsons. Because daughters are one big ball of emotions. How many of you know that? And I remember <laughs> I used to stay up to 1, 1.30 every morning with them because they would, they would just emote. And I mean, it's like you think, are we going to even survive? Because I'm not sure. And sometimes I still think that. But you got to have girls to understand this, trust me. And so Kelly, my oldest, she had to leave to go to work. But, you know, she's a pianist and has been since she was a very little girl. And so she, pianists have very strong hands. Anybody in here is a pianist? Anybody? Who was it? Raise your hand if you are. I didn't know that. Ah. And yes, of course, Nanette, you are. And so... Very strong hands. And so I would sit at the bottom of the stairs and she would massage my shoulders and my youngest would rub my legs. <laughs> and I would say, I'm so tired. I just need to go to bed. And oh, no, no. I was just getting the massage of the century. And I mean, it would last till 1, 1 until I would finally say, I I'm going to bed. I was like, every night. <laughs> And because they wanted their daddy in bed. You know, or if they would come to me and Randy was there. Well, what, what do men want to do? They want to give a solution. Now, let me tell you, if you don't have girls, they don't want a solution. They just want to emote. And so they would just, oh, and Randy would say, now, this is what you need to do. 
and he would start, and they would say, as I was saying, Mom. <laughs> That's how they got him to go to bed. So I sought the Lord about that. And the Lord gave me Isaiah 54, 13. If you don't know that, And all of your children will be obedient to the Lord. And great shall be the peace and undisturbed composure of your children. And I would lift that and I would return that to God every day. Lord, you said my children would be taught of you. And great would be the peace and undisturbed composure of my children. Great is the peace and undisturbed composure of my children. Great is the peace and undisturbed composure of my children. Because I'm going to tell you something. Girls can be mean. I mean, they can. How many of you know that? You know, the term mean girls is not, is not a joke. My girls weren't mean, and my girls' friends weren't mean, but there were mean girls. And the, they did really mean things. And, and I'll tell you the truth. I would just struggle with absolutely hating them in Jesus' name. You know, I had to learn to hate the fruit of what they were doing and not them. Lord, great is the peace of my children. Since, since before they were born, I taught them the word. They're obedient to your will and great is their peace. And I want to tell you something. You know, especially with the trials we're going through now, my children have been rocks. They have been rocks of support and kindness. The night my mother uh, fell and broke her femur, and I was going to go to the hospital, and they were, we are taking you. And they all went with me. Nobody had dinner. I made Randy stay home because I just could not handle the solution. I'm telling you the truth. I said, honey, just please stay with the dog, please. I mean, he's, he's, he's absolutely fabulous, but I, I just needed space. And I mean, they, they were amazing. I mean, they would stand over my mother and they would speak the name of Jesus. And, and uh, my spiritual father says something I love. If you can't think of a scripture, just say the name of Jesus. Because when you say the name of Jesus, he's the word, and you are throwing the entire Old and New Testament at the devil. Just say Jesus. And I just read a testimony last night of a woman who had backslid. She'd had a really pretty hard life, but she knew the truth and she had backslidden. And uh, she kept getting with abusers because, you know, if you have a victim spirit, you will attract predators. If you have a victim spirit today, you better get prayer, get that thing off of you. But she would attract predators one after another, one after another. And she, had, she was with this abuser, and he would just beat her all the time. And when she tried to flee, he would go find her and bring her back and beat her. She lived in fear. And one night he took her, and he said, tonight you're going to die. And he drove her up to a mountain. He had a shovel. He drove her up to a mountain. He s captured her. And he began to, to dig a grave for her because he was going to kill her and bury her. And here she was backslidden. So wouldn't you think that the Lord would say, too bad, so sad. You should have never turned from me. And she remembered the words I just told you. 
saying the name of Jesus is throwing the entire Bible at the devil. And she screamed out, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And this guy goes, you know what? You're not worth it. And he threw the shovel, shovel down and drove away. And she recommitted her life to the Lord, and now she serves in, the, in a ministry. And she was completely delivered and set free and has spent the rest of her life to this day serving him. Just say the name. You don't have to have the whole Bible memorized. He does. Because he is the word. And so I just want to encourage you. I'll finish this next week and add some to it. But I want to encourage you. Go home. Open the book. Allow the voice of God to breathe life. Did you know that the Apostle Timothy said, every word of God is God breathe and is profitable for doctrine, correction, reproof, and instruction in righteousness. Don't you ever say that disease is your teacher. Disease is not the teacher of the church. The Holy Spirit is through the word of God. Now, can you learn through trials? You better. But the word of God is God-breathed, and it's profitable to teach you, to correct you. I could probably tell you more stories of correction than anything. To reprove you and train you in righteousness so that the man and the woman of God may be equipped thoroughly for every good work. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you that the Holy Spirit is our teacher and the word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. I pray for everyone in my hearing, Lord, that your word will become so alive to us and so full of your breath to us that everything we think and do and say will be guided and ignited by the word who is Jesus. I pray, Father, that we will love your word the way Jesus loves your word because he is the word. That we will learn to say it is written that we will reject the voice of has God said. Lord, I make that decision in front of this congregation that no matter what I see and no matter what I'm walking through, no matter what I feel and no matter what I hear in the way of bad reports, I will keep my feet firmly planted on your word. It is the sword of the spirit and my shield is the shield of faith in your word. And my loins are girded with truth, which is your word. And my breasts are wrapped with your righteousness, Lord. It is my breastplate. I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you that my helmet is salvation, and I think thoughts of deliverance and rescue and wholeness. Thank you, Father, for the privilege of prayer. And thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word and for who you are. Make yourself so real to everyone, Lord. That we go out and we preach the gospel filled with your Holy Spirit. That the breath of God would breathe on everyone we talk to for salvation, for deliverance, and for wholeness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting 
ChosenEssay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.